once uh, once we return back to the school schedule in the fall, then we'll sign her back up for that. Cool. Trying to get him out and, and doing physical mm -hmm. stuff this summer. See how that works out. <laughs> always have the best of intentions, and no matter what I plan for, it always goes a different way. <laughs> I think that, that's life. Life yeah. <laughs> Oh, hey, Anita. We got Anita already checking in with us. Hey, hey. All right. Well, hey, guys, welcome to another episode of Spilling Ink. We are the talk show that takes you behind the book to meet the authors and professionals in the publishing industry. And we got a blast from the past for you this week. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, to I'm, that, Thomas. I've been buzzing. It's 1 a.m. And normally I am like asleep by now, literally. But I um, I've been ready all day. I woke up at like 8 a.m. And I've been up since then. And I've had some energy drinks so i'm ready Yay. i've got i've got some some scotch so i'm okay. doubly ready we're all good all right all right and and jane you're back this week i know you were out last yes. week yeah how's it going with, with shorter hair beautiful <laughs> it's not doing what i wanted to do today so it's like okay you look <laughs> good though thank you <laughs> All nice right. So what are we talking about today, guys? Any ideas? Whatever you want. <laughs> ah. You're the host. <laughs> don't, don't leave me in charge because I'm the evil overlord here. Before we were live, we were talking about formatting tools and, and ones we that we, we recently started using. And, and, you know, I've been messing around with it today since I finished the first draft of, of one of my books. So, yay. Time to play on on Excellent. formatting documents. <laughs> well, we should talk about that because it is a brand new tool and I, I think it's one that's going to be very, very helpful to the indie community. Yes. Um, I, it's Atticus, if people are wondering. Both both, both Thomas and I have, have recently gotten this and, and been playing with it. And I'm finding some challenges, but I don't know if that's because of my internet. <laughs> hook up because I'm having some you know challenges with that lately um or not but it, it seems to be promising <laughs> yeah I really like it um yes. hi Matthew by the way uh I'm I find that I've only had one issue with it so far where because mm -hmm. I edit in multiple places um yeah. I did about four hours of formatting uh, across an entire novel logged in on another place and then went back to it in the first place and it was all gone all the editing was was gone Ooh, um yes. so i contacted their support and they said um that i need to make sure i log out in both places basically and then before you sync up okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay so yeah it's all good syncing issues can always be a problem so we should probably tell them where to find atticus because that's kind of important if they wanted to check it out we'll definitely put the uh, link in the show notes below after the show, but uh, I just searched it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So somebody mentioned it in in you know one of the other shows I was on, and I was like, oh, I'll go check it out. And I was looking at it, and I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. This is kind of neat features. And I'm like, hmm. Uh, and then I got in it and and found some challenges, but for formatting, I love. I I, I think I'm gonna love it once I get the hang of it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> much so, more than what, what's the other thing that we we had been using the publisher affinity affinity publisher yeah that's more for print formatting they I don't believe they have yet figured out how to export it into an EPUB yeah that one that one I haven't I haven't been able to figure it out it's got too many details and you know I'm a word girl so so all of the details kind of confuse the shit out of me that one's more <laughs> like an InDesign clone it, it does function yeah. a lot like InDesign so okay. if you're used to using InDesign then um, Affinity Publisher would definitely be something that you could work with but it, mm -hmm. it doesn't as of as of now and don't quote me on this forever but I don't believe they have the export to to EPUB which you need to do the ebook conversion right Right. Yeah. So I found yeah. Atticus uh, through, I was talking to uh, an author friend of mine, uh, Rance D. Denton, about what he uses. Um, and he uses Vellum, 
but vellum mm -hmm. is mac only and mm -hmm. i don't have a mac mm -hmm. so i was looking for vellum alternatives basically and i, I got shown atticus by the internet that was mm -hmm. like I, I i like to go on reddit for for um recommendations because it it feels like the most unbiased source if that makes mm -hmm. sense normally mm -hmm. you read articles and then at the bottom it's like sponsored by attica and you're like well it's not really unbiased if you're sponsored by the person you're like you know you're, mm -hmm. you're bigging up so I, I do like to go on reddit when i'm looking at reviews because i do feel like that is genuinely people going yeah i use this and i like it so have you have you heard this thing where um because google searches have become really weird lately where if you actually mm. add the word Reddit to the end of your Google search, you tend to get better results, even if you're not yes. going to Reddit. Yes, I do really? it every time. I do it. Yeah, oh, so I, I type okay. in like Vellum Alternatives Reddit and there's there's a thread that will come up and literally the thread will be someone asking, are there any good alternatives for Vellum? And then that's where I found Atticus. There was several people that were, were saying oh. Atticus seems pretty good. And there was a few other that I can't remember the names of, but... um. I went with Atticus because it seemed to have the most consistent recommendations. Mm -hmm. um, so I went with it. And it, it hey, also Lily. seems to be um, compatible with a lot of things that we use. Um, mm -hmm. They're word compatible, which is great because I do everything in Word. Uh, they're yep. also compatible with Pro Writing Aid, which is uh, one of my favorite editors. So having the ability to just work naturally with the things that you're used to working with just makes it a lot more appealing to use in general. Right. Mm. But Definitely. I've gotten really good at Word. The only thing is Word doesn't necessarily have all the bells and whistles, um, you know, in in a valid way that helps. Like, you know, when you want to do the drop caps, Katie's heard me say this, and there's a, a um, open quotes at the beginning of the thing. The open quotes is the drop cap, mm -hmm. not the open quote in the letter. And when you try to do the two of them, it, at least my my version kind of does not. Do you can it right. you can work around it. You you what you have to do though is you have to highlight it, highlight the drop cap, go back into the insert menu where drop caps is, and then go to the custom, mm -hmm. and adjust it there. And then you can add in that second you know letter next to the quotes and play with it. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. most people don't know to do that, so it's not intuitive, hmm. and it becomes right. just and a headache. My advance doesn't allow that. I might not have some of the, I might not have, well, I've got, I've got Office 365. You should so have I it should then. Have, yeah, I should, should have be. it, but yeah, or so, I don't know, maybe, maybe an old computer. But again, <laughs> it's not intuitive the way they set yeah. it up. So then you have to struggle to figure out what to do. Exactly. Exactly. Atticus does it for me. <laughs> yes just yes. click the drop cap tick box yep, and then exactly whoosh, <laughs> i do like that <laughs> and, and that's the thing anything that makes life easier and takes less time okay let's let's do this because it's already very time consuming as it is yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and we yeah, talked absolutely. before time is money when it comes to you know the indie lifestyle we have to either schedule the time to do something learn the skill to do something or pay somebody else who has the skill to do it so <laughs> you know if you can find a program that can handle most of that for you with less time it becomes cost effective to use it yeah 100 percent. that was one of my main uh, driving points behind buying atticus was i might be able to save money on and i'm going to get crucified by the writing community for saying this i might be able to save money on a certain uh tier of editing I'm not going to say editors in general because, you know, editors are necessary mm. and wonderful. Um, but there are certain tiers of editing that, you know, with the right tools, you can probably take care of most of that yourself. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah it, well, it definitely with that, that pro writing aid add in definitely trims some of the, the editing requirements out. Yes. But you a, definitely a, need that, that extra set of eyes on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As a, as a poor boy, any, uh, anything to help save i hear you i totally hear you there <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh what are we, we we're starting problems in the chat already uh -oh. how dare you Hi, <laughs> well finding finding the tools to, to to make your manuscript as clean as you possibly can make it before your editor editor gets a hold of it makes their life easier too Right. So. And, and editors are human. So the less little 
nitpicky stuff that they are required to find, the better they are at, at seeing what else is there. You can only, you know, do so much. We're only human. And yep. when some things get missed because there's just an overwhelming amount of things to fix, those little things that slip through are really frustrating. Mm -hmm. right. And uh, I agree with uh, with Anita. The best proofreading tool is reading out loud. A hundred percent. Yeah. You catch so much when you read it because when you're reading in your head, you go really quickly in your brain. Like you've said, Katie, that you 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 know what you mean to say. You fill it. You fill in the blanks. Loud, that yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> and by reading it out loud, you're like, oh, there shouldn't be two thirds there. <laughs> I read it in a different format. Ooh, so yes, I do helps. Word. I send it to my Kindle when I'm done. So my first pass is done on the Kindle with all my Kindle notes. So I I make you know all these notes in my kindle and and editing things that i go back and i have to find and clean up that way and i see more that way than i do just looking at the word document yeah different format because mm -hmm. it changes how it looks you're used to mm -hmm. seeing it one way and yep, again yep, your brain way. puts the filter on and if you see it in a different mm -hmm. you know font Ooh, you know, with different spacing it's like whoa <laughs> Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Best proofreading is to let me read the third book. <laughs> That's how you know you've got something good when people are telling you they want to read it. Oscar's been waiting for a, for a while for the third one. So, Well, yeah. for, for all of our, our audience members who weren't there for the last time you were on Spelling Inc., tell us a little bit about the, uh, the world that you've created. So uh, my world, uh, the universe is called uh, the world of Nasus, and my first trilogy in that world is the Age of Reckoning. Uh, so far, volume one and two have been published. They are currently unavailable um, because I have uh, decided to take the indie road. Um, so <laughs> like five years. So I was uh, I was with an indie publisher. Um, and then I decided to take the reins back um, for myself. Uh, they They taught me a lot. Um, I feel like I was ready to take the next step. So I went, um, reclaimed the rights uh, for myself. And I, as a result, obviously the, the books aren't available anymore. So I have reformatted uh, number one and number two, um, give it a, given them a little tweak, not story-wise, but more uh, just words here and there where I didn't feel like with the stuff I've learned over the past six years, I think since I started, uh, certain words had more or less of an impact than I wanted them to have. Um, so I changed a few things here and there and the whole reading of it should be much smoother now. Um, so they never quite released the third book, although it is done um, and pretty much ready. So yeah, the whole world itself is, it's a dark fantasy. Um, it's it's set on the planet of Nasus um, and there are five unique races. Uh, there's humans, there are Forsaken, which are humans that have fought the goddess of death and have managed to reclaim their souls, um, but they're they're not quite human. Uh, there are Wolven, which evolved from wolves, basically, uh, but they're sort of intelligent and uh, they have their own society. Uh, there are Marusai, which are amphibious, um, and there are Cochrenus, which are a bit mysterious. People, some during the first book, some people think they're extinct. Some people don't. Don't really hear much about them. Um, I'll leave it up to you to decide whether they come back or not <laughs> to read it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just a dark fantasy. There's a war for uh, these six crystal shards that, when assembled, make a, a crystal, and it was a, it's a crystal from the gods, the holder of which can shape the world to however they want it. It contains immense power. Um, and on their own, the shards contain quite a lot of power, but nothing compared to like the completed crystal. So every race is basically trying to get hold of all six shards so they can have the power for themselves. Um, and the story starts with the king of the humans uh, chatting to his children and his son puts an idea in his head about like why everyone's fighting all the time, why there has to be war, why is everyone so greedy? Like, why can't we just share the power? Uh, that resonates with the king um he's he's a really sort of he's lawful good he's very on the on the best end of the good spectrum and he takes his son's words to heart and he thinks yeah why can't we share the power so he sets out on a quest to ally the world which may or may not go his way <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a that's a brief rundown <laughs> i like that i like that <laughs> 
like the noble quest aspect of it, but yes. you, we just you cringe because you know, oh, oh, that's not how it works. It's never how that works. <laughs> yeah, you've got someone lawful good. It always works out well for them, right? Right. right. Every yeah. story. Right. Yes. <laughs> you gotta have a little chaos in there and a little bit of the evil side to make it work. It can never yes, be perfectly lawful good. <laughs> hey Jess. And then gets murdered. And gets murdered. <laughs> <laughs> normally what happens to lawful goods um, oh, but we love them though heart of gold you want to yes. see them succeed yeah you root for them don't you yeah um, yes i do have the chaos sprinkled in though my favorite character is uh captain levana she is uh the captain of the forsaken troops she's about 600 years old um Ooh. and she if I had to align her on the alignment chart she is chaotic evil slash chaotic neutral she she just loves chaos for fun okay <laughs> that, that's her now which is your favorite race i love the forsaken okay i love them they're the most fun to write they're the most mysterious um there's there's a lot more to them than meets the eye a lot of the world hate them think they're corrupt uh the reader will probably think they're corrupt um but there's some nuances that might make you think, are they? Are they, oh. or is that just how the world perceives them? I like that. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of a lot of the subtle. Do we feel this way about this race just because that's how we're told to feel about them? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've I've included a lot of that, and that's why they're my favourite. I think they're, I've I've added a lot more subtlety to them than I have the others. The others are pretty much sort of they you you get what you see. So. Now, does the story follow just the king's point of view, or does it follow the the different races with a key character at each? Yeah, so there's I don't really have a main character or characters. Um, I have characters that the story focuses on, but the the protagonists are the races themselves, I guess. Um, so yeah, each each race does have a few key members, but I don't believe in plot armor, so those key members change quite frequently. Um, <laughs> uh, but there's this because I mean, in in real life, you know, there's no plot armor, is there? You know, you look, you read any history book, and mm -hmm. there's no such thing as plot armor. So I wanted to keep that as real to my book as possible. Um, so yeah, I love I, that. I, like, is it a real feel? You, yeah, you, you make definitely. it feel like it's a story that you can immerse yourself into that has real people from different mm -hmm. perspectives. You can find the one you like, find the one you resonate with. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and I I feel like I have a character for everyone in there. Um, uh, again, like I said, my favorite is Captain Lavana. From my readers, they all hate her. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm alone in being that she's my favorite one. Um, but it's so fun to write. I think that's where it stems from. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's always fun to write a bad character, right? Because a good oh, character yes. does what you expect them to do. You know, they will mm -hmm. pick the righteous moral path every time. And it's a bit predictable. Whereas the bad characters, what are they going to do next? Who knows? They keep you guessing. Especially a chaotic mm -hmm. bad character. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. You'll expect yeah. them to do the worst thing. And then they'll be like, nah, can't be bothered with that. And then they're, they're gone. <laughs> You're like, what? Love it. So much fun. I don't even know what she's going to do next. That's how yeah, that's how good she is. Work. Like, <laughs> I put myself, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I put myself in them as I'm writing, and I'm like, Lev, you take the reins, mate. And then like, I'm just writing dialogue. She's doing what she wants to do. So, oh, Oscar likes uh, likes Lev. Character is amazing. Not my fave. See, she's my favorite. Okay. Who's your favorite? Yeah, question for the audience. Post your favorite character. So now you're up to book three. You said book three is finished. Yes. Is there going to be more in this world or are you planning an end for this series? So that, oh, there's going to be way more. Um, yes. I'm building <laughs> tall, not wide, which is probably a mistake, but I'm invested. I'm invested. So it's <laughs> going to happen. Um, so this trilogy is uh, is the, the Age of Reckoning trilogy. Um, after that, there's going to be another series. I don't know how long, but I I would like it so you don't have to read The Age of Reckoning to read the next one. Um, they're kind of independent from each other. Uh, I've planned it all out completely. I've not started writing it yet. 
um, but it's going to be it's going to start about 60 to 70 years after the age of reckoning finishes um and then already in my head already planned out is the series after that so <laughs> yeah there is there is a lot and it's it's i've kind of decided recently so this is an exclusive for just for spilling ink right i've decided yes. recently that this these let's say they're a trilogy each i don't know how long they're going to be but these three tri trilogies are going to be one big overarching story that you're not gonna you're you're gonna get bits from each one you're not gonna have to read the age of reckoning and then the next one and then the next one you can read them in any order you can read them one at a time but the whole thing will be the arith trilogy i think of series or whatever i don't know words okay. i'm i'm only a writer i don't i don't i'm not a speaker <laughs> <laughs> so now if you have everything planned out would it be safe to say that you are a plotter or are you general idea mostly pantser i think i'm a planter um so my my entire outline for the next trilogy is like one page long so it's just okay. bullet point bullet point bullet point bullet point and then i'm like right let's get into it and see what the characters do um, my original plan, I still have the original plan for The Age of Reckoning, and there are characters in that plan that don't exist in the book. And there are <laughs> characters in the book that are vitally important that don't exist in the plan. They just they just popped they just up when worked. they were needed yeah. and stayed. And I'm like, yeah. all right, you're part of it now. Go with so, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, like, I'm, results. I'm not a plotter. <laughs> I have like it's, maybe five bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's more fun that way i started i'm like oh i think i want this scene and this scene and this scene so i just do bullet points <laughs> yeah the to-do list that's that's what i call it yeah yeah i've exactly. invented an entirely new sport for the next series that i don't think i'm going to use <laughs> oh. <laughs> i know i'm gonna have to mention it somewhere because i've got it but i i did it i was like this is going to be great and then i thought of something better and i'm like well <sighs> I've got no place for the sport now. What the hell's going on? So, write it, it for as, something. Yeah, I was going to say, write it as a teaser or a, yeah, uh, you know, additional, you know, special it might be edition like, or something. Yeah. This culture yeah. also like to play this. Yes. Kind of thing. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, yeah. So, as as Jess and uh, Oscar you say in, in chat, so I did do the audiobook for the second one myself. Um, there is an audiobook for one and two. I don't think they're available. I think I took those off as well. Um, I know, I know, I'm sorry. But I did record the second one, so I can literally just re-upload that as soon as it all comes out. I'm very tempted to re-record the first one myself and do the third one myself. Um, so can I, can I give you another exclusive? Yeah. Can I do, sure. that? Can I do yeah. that? You guys are getting all of the goss tonight. Yes. So. <laughs> I'm hoping I've also been loosened up by by the scotch so you know just everyone in chat's getting getting the goss tonight. Um I'm hoping to have some some big news in the summer. I'm hoping to have four releases and then after that the three audiobooks maybe Ooh, or four audiobooks. Oh wow, that's ambitious. So nice. it, yeah, I'm scared. I've I've set this target for myself and now I'm like can I do it? But um, I mean, the three releases are one, two and three that are done. Right. And the fourth release, uh, the secret project, I'm calling it, is just going to be the complete edition. So all three books in in one big mm -hmm. book. But I'm doing something really special with that, which is that's going to remain a secret for a bit because oh. I don't know if it'll work. But <laughs> we'll see. I'll try. I'll try. So hopefully by maybe August, September. I don't know. I haven't got a date. Yeah, when I get one, I'll. You know, obviously, I'll shout it. I'm not going to keep that to myself, but hopefully, I'll have uh, a date and I'll I'll release all at, all at once. I'll just drop everything wow. in one go. So, wow, that's going to be amazing. That's what I was going to say. When are these going to be coming out again? So, this is a big bang theory, huh? There we go. Yeah. So, hopefully, summer. Yeah. Are we calling that doing a Sanderson? Yeah, absolutely, is doing a Sanderson. Just writing <laughs> five books during lockdown and releasing them at once. Yeah, man, he's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> and and we're not talking small books either those things are going to be huge i was i watched that video and i was so proud of myself because i was like oh i wrote an entire book during lockdown 
like one whole book that's amazing then he does this video and he's like oh, i've written five books that are four hundred thousand words each and i'm like <laughs> my one was a hundred thousand words and like mm-hmm. i was so proud of myself <laughs> come on brandon and how long, yeah, how long you're was... allowed to be proud of yourself yeah. go on yes <laughs> how, go, how long was he locked down to write those oh, i don't i guess about a year i guess okay in fairness though in fairness i did have a like a day job as well that I had to do from yeah. home and he his job is is writing that's the dream for mm-hmm. all of us isn't it mm-hmm. imagine yeah, sitting I have at a home job and, just... too, and I still I still put out five books a year <laughs> <laughs> that is impressive <laughs> I barely put out five chapters a year so but they're not hundred thousand hundred thousand word books so right. you know <laughs> right about sixty thousand, so that's that's <laughs> impressive, though. Still, like, yeah. I can't, I don't do one sixty thousand one a year, so you're already five ahead of me. <laughs> it took me ten years to write my first book. Oh wow, yeah, that's well, fair. Though. Ten years. Nobody, I don't expect anybody <laughs> to be like me. I'm just like insane. So I would love so, to be. I would love to be. So you know, with the full time day job and then doing this at night. At least my kids are often on the road. <laughs> yeah. See, that's so. the thing. You're you're doing it with children as well. Like I don't I don't have I've got a cat. She's not really fussy. She's quite happy to <laughs> I don't really have to I just feed her twice a day and then mm-hmm. that's fine. <laughs> yes, I, so I should have more time, but uh, that yeah. life gets in the way though. Especially if you have a life. Also yes. a bit of laziness, I'm not gonna lie. There's, uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of I I could write for an hour. Also, I could play Final Fantasy. <laughs> Inspiration, though. That, that is that is what I say. Yeah, but, I I yeah. used to before I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, now, a lot of my books like... are inspired by Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, that, that's good though. Yeah. That's good. I love the element of having multiple different races that are interacting. Yeah. I like that. that is I want to cool. hear more about these wolf people. Yes. Yeah, the wolven. They're yes. um, they're impressive. So they're they're still, in comparison to the rest of to the other races, they're still quite primitive. Uh, they live in giant dugout dens underneath this big forest. So the roots of the trees, uh, the triash trees, um, the roots keep the den held together so it doesn't collapse in on itself. But they've had these giant, giant dens basically. Um, <laughs> They speak in their own language, which is mostly body language and grunts and growls. The leader, uh, which is called the Ulf, which, fun fact, Norwegian word for wolf, um, ah. <laughs> is uh, often the strongest. They they decide who's going to be their leader by, if you can if you can kill the leader, you are the leader. Sounds um, right. <clears throat> yeah. So that's the only one that can speak the common tongue uh, because they only have a need to use it. But they speak it very broken and very rough. Um, interestingly, the Forsaken can understand the for, the Wolven language. Ooh, if Wolven ooh. are talking to each other, some Forsaken can understand that because they've lived long enough to to learn it. So that's pretty cool. Love you, Jess. Bye. Yeah, I like I like the nuance there with the different races and what they can and can't do. That shows a depth of world building. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, it was. It's, it's been fun. It's been very fun to write, and I like be. creating new races. I, I love it. So. Spoiler alert, next, the next trilogy after the Age of Reckoning has a new race. Well, two, actually, two wow. new races. <laughs> so, Ooh. yeah. Now, like, uh, like, you know, D&D games, do you have a, a character sheet drawn up with their abilities and attributes and all that kind of stuff for your different I races? Don't, I don't, and I should. I don't, I, it's, it's locked in my head. Like, so I know it as well as I know, like, Lord of the Rings, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I know what the Hobbits do and are. And I know what the elves do and are. I know the dwarves and everything like that. So I know my own races like that. And I probably should write it down. Um, but I I don't know. I just I just feel like I, I know them. Like, you know your best friend, right? Yeah. You don't. So I don't know. Yes. Like, I, I know how the Forsaken live. I know how they become Forsaken. I, yeah. Those so. are fun little gimmies that you can, like, either put into a, a lore book to go along with your series or like at the back yeah. of the book with maybe sketches oh, yeah, or something to just enhance the, you know, the reader's experience. Yeah. I would right. love to get involved in all of that someday. I'm terrible at art, so I need to pay someone, but. Um... <laughs> yeah. I can do stick figures. That's about it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's about too. my extent. 
<laughs> Do a stick figure with like a dog's head and be like, there's a wolven. <laughs> but those are fun things too you can engage your audience with, you know. Let's yeah, see yeah. if you can draw the best, you know, of whichever character you pick for that week or so and yeah. see what people come up with. For sure. Yep. I did have some and, fan and, art the other day. The, yeah. And the win the winner gets gets, you know, their their art put in the glossary or whatever. Oh, that would be incredible. That yes, would be yes, so cool. good. Let's hype up a fan base and get that. Let's get that done. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I did have some fan art the other day of uh, Queen Lucia. She's Queen of the Forsaken. And uh, someone tweeted me with their drawing of, of Lucia. And I was like, what? Wow, what? that's so cool. And that was, that was yes. amazing. I've never felt anything like that in my life. I was like, someone has read and loved my work enough to draw one of their favorite characters. Aww. And it was like a digital art. And it was... It was so detailed as well. It was like everything, like her throne was exactly how it's described in the book with the skulls on the arms. And I was like, you've, you've paid so much attention. Like the dress is detailed. And I was like, it's that's so good. That's so awesome. good. That's awesome. So, that, that was fun. Awesome. <laughs> it makes you feel really, really good too. I mean, yeah. yeah someone sure. loves the character as much as you do. Yes, it does. It's yeah, it's, it's something special. I mean, that's that's what we aim for as writers, though, isn't it? We aim to to you know affect someone's life in such a positive way that they they resonate with what we've created. And I think that's true for any creator. Like if if you're a painter or a musician, um, I know Oscar in, in chat. He's a musician. Um, that's that's kind of the aim, isn't it? You, you want to reach people and you want them to resonate with what you create as much as you do. So, absolutely, absolutely. But it all begins with loving what you do because you have to love your story and you clearly do as much passion as you've you've shown us in just describing oh, I, it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, the, I heard some philosophy a long time ago when I was in school and it's just like stuck with me and it's write what you want to read. Mm-hmm. Don't write what the market. So I, I tried to go traditional for the longest time. I tried again recently. Um, and what I've learned from that is that what I write isn't what, agents would consider sellable which Mm -hmm. you know is it's 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 a harsh truth you know like I understand that traditional publishing is a business people involved Mm -hmm. are out to make money that's you know that's what it is so they they're not necessarily looking for fantastic writing or an incredible story they're looking for what they know is going to sell a lot of copies Mm -hmm. which at the minute I think is crime and romance I think that's the two genres that are doing incredibly well right now um in traditional world so uh, it's very very few agents that i've discovered are actually taking on science fiction fantasy and even fewer for science fiction that's that's barely any agents are even looking into that um because they're they're trade they've got degrees in analyzing the market right and looking for things that are going to make them money are going to make the publishers money and are going to make the authors money um and I don't know. That fact didn't bother me when I when I sort of came to that realization. It's not. It didn't bother me. It didn't make me feel like my writing was any worse or not valid. It just. I I think it made me love it more, if anything, because mm-hmm. it made me think. Well, I'm passionate about this, and I think someone else will be too. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to look at it, and and you're right. It's it is a business. They have to make a business decision, and as much as it hurts to get a rejection. It, it's not necessarily a reflection on your writing itself. It's just that it yeah. wasn't what was marketable and saleable at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, right. you know, I think the world is also becoming more and more indie, which is fantastic. Like you see indies popping up in, in every walk of life. Like I'm quite a big gamer and the indie game market is just booming at the minute. They're, they're beating AAA titles easily. Wow. Indie games are, oh, indie wow. games are, like surpassing these huge game dev studios worth like millions of dollars and then there's like two guys working on something they're passionate about that Mm -hmm. has just exploded for them because they've loved it they've loved what they're working on and what they've created is something fantastic that a triple a studio who are just trying to churn out the next thing just can't capture anymore um and and that's happening everywhere it it points to though a lack of innovation within the the bigger titles yeah yeah well, and I mean, it's, 
it's fear though. It's fear of the market. They don't want to risk what they don't know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's almost like the churning and burning of, of, of remakes of movies and things like yeah. and television shows that we're seeing. There's nothing, yeah. there's very little that's new and cutting edge because yeah, they're absolutely. trying, you know, looking at the tried and true, this is what we yeah. need to keep going. You know, and again, in that same vein, some of the best films I've seen recently are indies. Mm -hmm. um and netflix do a great netflix take on indies and things like that oh, now yeah. which is fantastic and, and just watching some indie films on netflix they touch you in ways that these huge hollywood movies just can't and mm. yeah it's i love it i love that indies are up and coming and and you know becoming a really really big thing to the point where like you we have indie publishers out now like 10 years ago even that you wouldn't find an indie publisher mm-hmm like there, there would just be, you know, traditional agents, traditional publishers, the big five. So I, I think the world's moving in a, in a very good direction with people sort of now rejecting the mass manufactured stuff um, and looking somewhere, you know, I, I'm probably going to get a better story from this little corner. So <laughs> I wonder how that's going to look in 10 more years. Yeah. Yeah, they want but to push then, the mainstream, which is safe yeah. and sells. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. Exactly. I think people are bored. I think that's the main thing. Like, I know I'm. Uh, again, people are going to hate me for this. I'm so bored of Marvel. <laughs> I'm so bored of Marvel. I I stopped after. Uh, um, I haven't even seen Endgame. I I stopped after Infinity War. Oh, wow. I know, Ooh. and everyone said, "Oh, Endgame's the Endgame's best," but I'm like, really good. <laughs> I'm like, I've, I've seen like 28 Marvel films that all follow the same formula now. And I'm just, but I get I'm it. Just I get it because it's become, you almost can tell what they're going to do. Yeah. It's just superhero gets into trouble and then saves the day. A uh, very fun. I, I know do, you can, I do you can boil anything down to that. But. Yes. Yeah. I do want to see Love and Thunder though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fine. And they're, they're that's still great films I, to watch. I, I am, you know, I'm with Chris. Well, I mean, me too. That's that's fair. That is fair. Is Taika Waititi doing the directing on that one? I don't know. If he is, I'll definitely want to see that. I like his directorial style. Yeah, he's he's good fun. He is good. But like, I was on a podcast recently where we were discussing Iron Man as the the first Marvel movie that came out and and what made it so different, so unique, so spectacular that it actually launched all of this. And it wasn't super over the top crazy that that it's become now. It was a very down to earth story with a very human yeah. villain. And and I think that's what worked for it. And yeah. its roots are are, ba are based in what what interests us. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's grown a lot, you know, and, and yes, they've gone super fantastical now. And it may feel almost cookie cutter at this point, but it did have a good, strong base that that mm. worked. It really resonated. And and from a, a genre of film that, you know, you kind of think it's forgettable sometimes. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Um, a friend and I were discussing on the topic of movies uh, the other day. Has there been anything quite like Lord of the Rings since Lord of the Rings? Ooh, they've tried. I can't think, I can't think of another high fantasy that has been you know pretty well loved i'm not saying it has to beat or be on the same part of lord of the rings but something that's in the same vein like a high fantasy I, I, like you said, I know um i've not tried wheel of time yet but i know sanderson's a producer on that isn't he so yeah um he finished the, the series and i know that one was huge i have not read all yeah. the books for that one I'm trying to think what came out after, you know, Lord of the Rings that, that would be as big. And, and that's the only one that's coming to mind right now. Yeah. yeah. I know they did. They tried. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they tried the Shannara Chronicles, which didn't really work out. They tried. Um, what was that one? Oh, the. It's called the Lost Crystal or something like that. The Dark um, Crystal? The Dark Crystal. That's it. Oh, yeah. Thanks. That didn't that didn't go very yeah. well. I know they tried that because um, it was a continuation from the original, wasn't it? Yeah, it. it I didn't like it. It, it yeah. was the, the nostalgia was cute, but the story didn't work. So yeah, yeah I wasn't a fan. So I, I, I don't know. Is is there a, a niche for any any moviegoers? If you if you have 
a huge budget to pull off all those fantasy effects. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the uh, the um, oh geez, Game of Thrones series had that one not tanked the last season. Mm. That one was a contender. Yeah, it was it was all right. But it was the fault of one: the author never finished the series, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and probably the never will. Directors decided mm-hmm. to just throw everything in the own. garbage and write their yes. own ending. <laughs> yes, write their own ending. You know the, the, yeah. yeah, which didn't I'm, make sense at all. <laughs> the first I'm series honest. of the Shinara was okay. After that, it, it wish went to shit. Oh, that's so upsetting, though. And it, I think there's a lot of. People are trying too hard with series at the minute because, again, from a money standpoint, a series is going to make you more money, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily think that's the way forward because with a series, you can be great for one or two or three series and then things can go to shit. Like, so, and again, I might be hated for this. I'm <laughs> quite contentious today, apparently. <laughs> the Witcher. Oh. So I've read mm-hmm. all of the Witcher books. Um, and mm-hmm. I've played The Witcher 3. I've not played the other, the first two, but I, I love the books. I think they're fantastic. I've got the whole collection on my bookshelf just up there. Mm-hmm. Watched the first series, liked it, haven't finished the second series, got halfway through, and I've just given up because the series oh. has just become awful. Like, huh. really don't like it. I had the opposite. Yeah. I, I watched, and granted, I didn't come from knowing the background. Right. The first series confused the hell out of me because it kept jumping time jumping without its timing. So mm-hmm. I hated the first series, but I liked the second one. And then when I watched the second one, I could go back into the first one and, and it right. made sense. And okay. I was okay with it. But yeah, so at first... Coming yeah, I, from I, the books... Sorry, yeah. go, go ahead, Jane. No, I, I, I liked I liked both, both seasons of it. You know, the first one was yeah. confusing. But I kind of liked it. And, you know, my husband, though, didn't like the second one because there wasn't enough skin. Uh, <laughs> see. <laughs> Classic. Versus the first one. He's like, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's like, what? I so. would definitely recommend the books. Um, yeah. okay. Coming from the books. So a little, little bit of a... a um, tidbit for you so Sapkowski who who's the author um mm. he started writing like uh small strip not comic strips but like small short stories for a magazine basically about mm. the witcher um and eventually he was picked up and someone was like these are really really good can you write a book um so the first two books in the witcher series there's, there's eight books the first two are those short stories compiled together so the first series made sense with the books because it was some of Geralt's adventures um, and it stuck quite close to the first book. The adventures were pretty similar and it was great. And then in the second book kind of introduces Siri a bit more. Um, it's still short stories, uh, but they're, they're kind of knitted together a bit more. Um, and then book three is when the, the story proper starts and book seven is when the story ends. And then book eight is just a, a throwaway adventure from before. It's not really part of that main story. Um, but I feel so. I I feel they captured the first one really well, coming from the books. Um, but the second one, there is a hell of a lot of differences and differences that don't make sense and won't make sense later on. Um, without giving any spoilers for people that are enjoying the series or, or want to watch it, there's there's just people that aren't in the places they should be, and I don't see how they're going to match it up because there, there's some really really important stuff that needs to happen that hasn't and probably can't being where the characters are. So the whole thing is really confusing me. Um, and I, I feel like the directors are, are trying to make their own mark on it. Um, whereas I feel they'd probably have a lot more success if they just stuck closer to the source material, you know, um, mm. which a lot of people do though, don't they? A lot of people take on something and they go, I'm going to make this my own. And you're like, but the source material is already so popular like it's already loved there's that's the reason you're adapting it so right. why are you trying to change it i don't understand this mindset especially but. when working with a series i can understand in movies why they have to you know truncate stuff and move stuff around to make it in that smaller time frame but when you're working with a series and you've got you know 10 episodes that you're able to work with you have more control over making sure that the people are in the right places at the right times yeah. and picking the right you know, key battles and key monsters and that kind of stuff yeah. to to really make the series something that the readers will remember and enjoy. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, and in the series, they've added stuff as well. And that, that is my biggest pet peeve of, of changes is when they add stuff that has no place in the original material. Um, now, are they, adding it, are they adding it as a taking maybe two different characters and merging their stories together? Or are they truly just brand new? No, they've adding- literally added something. Um, so for people that have seen the second series, the the pillars, don't know what they're about. <laughs> but um yeah i definitely recommend the books uh they are really fun they're really fun um and Geralt is an even better character in the books than he is in the series um henry cavill is probably the best thing about the series i I would agree (laughs) yes yes we're all watching him him. (laughs) yes definitely (laughs) and he's he's portraying Geralt perfectly like he's exactly Mm -hmm. as he is in the books it's um i do like that gruff attitude that he's got it's it well, worked. Did yeah, he also wonderful. play the video games too before he? <laughs> yes, he did. Up. He yeah. he almost missed his audition because he was busy playing the game. Oh, yeah. He, he, he's a big gamer anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he almost missed the audition for it. Um, yeah. But apparently, he's so he's read all the books as well. And apparently, uh, on set, he keeps saying, "Can we use this line from Blood of Elves? And can we use this line? And should we do this?" So he's trying to keep it to the books as well and i think even he's quite disappointed with the way it's it's going so but you know we digress massively (laughs) (laughs) that's okay let's see what they do in the third series Mm -hmm. it it wasn't enjoyable i i like i said i i made me appreciate the first one better i was able to go back to the first series and understand it a little more but if it's it's diverging that much who knows how they're gonna take it forward yeah, I would, I would 100% recommend the books. Um, it, maybe before the third series comes out, just whack them on your to-be-read. And uh, they're, they're not very long. Um, I've, I've literally got one here. So they are all roughly the same length. And it's, it's that. Okay. Like that's that's the first mm-hmm. book. So they're they're not long reads. You can, you can well, like, crack through like, in a couple of days. Like how many so, pages? Um... It's about 300-ish. Yeah, two, 280. Two, 280 to 300. That looks like... Yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? So I was looking uh, at the, that going, I think it's about that. <laughs> the biggest one in the series is not quite double this. Okay. So they're all they're all fairly short, um, okay. which is it's great. It's great to read. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's eight of them. Um, but if you just want the main story, you only need to read the first seven. <laughs> Don't worry okay. about them, Brit. but yeah they are they are good they're definitely good any other series that that come close because that's a good question about you know lord of the rings being the big one they got all the budget all the it was so magical yeah you know that on on film i the books were amazing i've i've read all the books i really enjoyed them i found them really hard to get through i thought they were great but they were very, very hard to read. That was from a time when the details weren't skimmed over and yes. literally everything yes. was put in and he wrote songs yeah. for them to sing. And like, yeah, it was, it was super in depth, but I, I really enjoyed them. Yeah, no, I loved, I do love reading the books a hundred percent. But it's they all about making tough, it. The... Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I just said they were, they were tough, but they were very, very fun. Yeah. You really felt yep. the world was real because of, of the detail that they put yes. in. The only other one that, that I can think of is, is the Harry Potter series, the, the Harry Potter movies and series. You know, that, that you know, has the fantastical elements as well. But yeah, not the quite new- as powerful. I haven't watched any of the new ones. <laughs> the, the original, yeah, the original eight books. I, I liked those. I, I wish they'd had the same directors, though, through the movies, because you'd really feel mm-hmm. the disjointed style. I haven't really cared so much about the new ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I've got the, this block where it's like, yeah, whatever, I'll get to it later. And I never do. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, I did watch last Thursday, I watched all of the extended Lord of the Rings again in one day because okay. I had a few friends over. So we just watched all of them, like 12 hours. And yep. they, they're they just as good. It's like 20 mm-hmm. years old now and they're, they're just as good. And they don't look aged or anything. Oh, it's unbelievable. 
about Narnia. Narnia tried. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Narnia was was bad. I think it was. Lord of the Rings felt more mature than Narnia. It, Narnia felt like it was it was young adult, right? Yes. Um, for, for a sort of age maybe fourteen to twenty, uh, whereas Lord of the Rings was definitely sort of eighteen plus. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I think there was the difference there. There was it was Lord of the Rings was more gritty. Narnia was more fantastical. Mm-hmm. Um, both great, both absolutely great. Narnia was fantastic. Um, I did like Narnia a lot. I liked uh, the first two. Once, yes. once we got past Caspian, it was the, the Dawn Treader didn't have the same feel as the first two videos. I don't think I've seen that one. I've seen the first two. I don't think I've seen the Prince Caspian. Is Prince Caspian the third one or second no, one? No, that was the second one. Second one. So I have seen that one. I've seen the first one. So I haven't seen any beyond Yeah, the that. Dawn Treader was the third. Right. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. But again, that was another series that that change things around. I don't know if those, the directors were the same, but they also re- kept reducing people. And I know it works with the books, you know, that the, the mm-hmm. older siblings didn't get to join in. But again, when you pull your core cast out and you're also making changes visually, it doesn't feel cohesive. Yeah. Oh, we got one vote for the Don Treader. <laughs> Don Treader's my favorite of the books. Ah. There we go. There is more than two. <laughs> yeah, there was more than yeah. two movies made. <laughs> But again, I've I've not read the Narnia books, um, and we all know we let's not beat around the bush. Books are better than the films, right? Always, in almost every Absolutely. case. Absolutely, the source material is always better than the adaptation. I, I'm trying to think of an example where I think the best adaptations are Lord of the Rings. Um, they're very, very, very close to the original material, and a lot of the Stephen King adaptations, like Shawshank. Mm-hmm. Is incredible. Oh yeah, Shawshank um, Redemption. Yeah, it's so good. And Pet Cemetery, that's very close. The original one or the remake? The original. Yes. Okay. The original one. Yeah, I've not <laughs> seen the remake. I'm too scared to watch yeah. the remake because I liked the Cuj- original. Cujo, they ended up differently. <laughs> I haven't seen Cujo. That one scared oh, the crap yeah. out of me. Yeah, I did like. <laughs> I did like it, Chapter One and Two as well. Um, although that was quite different from the source material, especially mm. chapter two, but I did I did enjoy them. Firestarter was actually closer close to the book, the yeah, original Firestarter it? with Drew Barrymore. Am I imagining this, or does Stephen King get quite closely involved with the adaptation projects? I think for the most part he does. Um, I think he does. I think he stays I, pretty close to everything, doesn't he? I think so. I think he. I think yeah. he wants to have a say in how his stuff is portrayed. Yes, I mean the body. The body. Yeah, I mean, was was a great adaptation in Stand by Me. Mm. You know, so that was a good. He one. has a he has a cameo in it chapter two, doesn't he? He's he's the shop owner when they go in looking I for think the bike. He has a cameo in a couple of them, but I don't know which. Yeah, I didn't see the the remakes of it. Right. Gotcha. The, the, only the original yet. Tim Curry ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see They were great. <laughs> yep. Yes. So. They were great. But the, yeah, the new ones are, are definitely more horror. Um, mm. I, I think the old ones have just aged a bit and they feel more funny than scary now. But yeah. I definitely understand yeah. that when they were well, released, they were probably yeah. scarier. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They, they were really yeah. scary, scary when they were released. And now they seem comical. Are we just numb to some of what originally scared us? Yeah, we no, must. Unless... the CGI is better. The CGI, yeah. to, all of that is better today. That back well, then, I think I of like the, the psychological appeal of a lot of the older horror movies, where the the villain didn't have to chase you down; he walked slowly, like he yeah. knew he was going to get you eventually. There's like a psychological level to those as cheesy as they could be that really did scare the crap out of me yeah <laughs> freddy <laughs> oh freddy <laughs> nightmare on the, <laughs> some of the first horror films i ever saw i had all six on dvd when i was about 10 years old and i watched them all <laughs> <laughs> my, my brother oh, was okay. 10 years older than me the next week <laughs> I, I was fine i like okay. horror films have never never really bothered me at all um <laughs> horror games on the other hand oh. that's a different story 
<laughs> I've heard you should play some in, in VR now if you really want to scare the crap out of yourself. I, I have played a VR horror game and my God, that is a, that is a whole different experience. I was sweating, <laughs> let me tell you. Wow. Unbelievable. That's what I've heard. The, the VR one, like yeah. really just amps it up, takes it to the next level. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I just got used to horror games. I couldn't play them unless I was streaming them because I felt like unless I had an audience to play to, I couldn't do it. So I was like, I need to do this for the audience. So I, I started streaming because of horror games. And then I got <laughs> I got numb to them. I got used to them. I started playing more and more horror games because I really enjoyed the rush. And I was like, okay, I'm not getting this. So then I, I bought a VR horror game. Jesus. I played it on stream. And yeah, let me tell you, the the experience was unbelievable. It was called Affected the Manor. And you go into a haunted house. It took me three attempts to get into the house. You start in the garden and you have to walk in the house. The first attempt, I got in the garden, looked around, turned the headset off. A few days later, I tried again, got up to the front door, opened the door and a gust of wind like blows past, turned the headset off. <laughs> Third attempt, I got into the house, was looking around. There's a statue of a little girl covering her eyes in the corner, turned the headset off. Fourth attempt, I made it through the whole game, but it was, it was a terrifying experience. And you and say I would do it again. with somebody covering their face, I immediately think of the weeping angels from uh, Doctor Who. That's and, what I thought. I yep. thought the moment I look away from her and then look back, she's going to be gone. And she's going to appear somewhere behind me. So I, I turned it off. And, uh, but I did, <laughs> I did eventually complete it. And it was about an hour, I think, um, and it was terrifying. I was I was in cold sweats the whole time. And I would absolutely do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I saw so, one of my friends videotaped her sister with a VR thing on, and it, it was a roller coaster thing. She actually fell down on the ground. <laughs> oh no. Because <laughs> she couldn't deal with it. <laughs> they're they're mind blowing. So funny to watch. <laughs> oh. It's awful, but it was funny because she like threw herself on the ground. It is, it is funny to watch people play it. <laughs> it really is. It really is so funny. And I would get hurt. <laughs> it's, get it's, so, it's such an unbelievable technology, though. It oh, really yeah. is. It's, it's mind-blowing when you're in it. You're like, what is this? This is like real life, but not real life. <laughs> is that where so, we're headed? Maybe. I hope not. Maybe. <laughs> Ready Player One becoming a reality. Maybe we're in one right now. Who knows? Ooh. Wait, Maybe I want to change the settings then, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is it so boring? Where's the menu screen? Just <laughs> <laughs> bitter water all over it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're coming up to the uh, the end of our hour here. So before we let you go, Thomas, because I know you're probably really, really sleepy. It's really late out there. I'm still buzzing. I'll be oh, honest. Good. I'm good. I'm going to be lying awake for the next hour just thinking of VR oh. horror. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, you don't have nightmares. Um, but real to. quick for everyone who's just popped in, it looks like we have a couple more people viewing right now. Let everyone know where they can find you and when to expect the uh, the new releases. Yeah, so you can find me on uh, most social media platforms. I'm on Facebook, uh, Twitter mainly, uh, Instagram, and I have my own website. Uh, it's all like at or forward slash Naesus, which is N-A-E-I-S-U-S. Um, my website is naesus.com, N-A-E-I-S-U-S.com. Um, and all of my social links are literally up there on the, on the top of the website. And the releases, hopefully, fingers crossed, but please don't quote me because you'll be very angry at me if you do, uh, <laughs> Summer. I'm hoping to release four books in one go in summer. So keep an eye on my socials on my website. Um, if you're interested in dark fantasy, uh, hopefully I'll have something for you then. All right. And we will make sure to put that in the show notes. Give us about 10 minutes after the show is done to get that all uploaded. That way you can find uh, Thomas and visit him on social media and find out about his books. And Jane, how about you? Anything new to report before we go? Um, I finished Young Blood today. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, <laughs> that came out of nowhere i finished young blood today so the first first draft is done that's coming out on june 1st 
and I'm working on Crooked, um, Crooked Mind, which is coming out in July. So okay. that's the, these are the prequel and the second book in the Shades of Night series and Wicked Heart is out now. All right. So we know, know you're always busy. Urban fantasy. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us. We will be back again soon with some more authors to introduce you to and some more fun conversation. See you next time, guys. Thank you for having me.